0: Ladies and gentlemen. i like to know. Are you ready for start time?
1: Okay, well, let me kind of move these things around here, you know. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't know
2: what this is coming down through the audience, but look like it
1: just came out. of. And we are back. (laughs) I am Eric, and I've just been drafted into a professional eating competition. He is Paul, and he's glad he doesn't work for ESPN this week. We are the Fat Packs in this. It's Beckett Radio. What's up, Paul? Saw, dude. Saw, man. How you doing, brother? Man, I am just
2: amazed. This has been such a crazy week. It's been a crazy week. ESPN, like, going crazy, kind of falling apart, losing people. The draft is today. Like, whoa, like, bad timing on that whole thing. Yeah,
1: that's that's probably not a good thing. Um, With that all being said... Well, we typically would do a fantasy breakdown of our our, our previous week. We're going to have to skip that this week because this show is absolutely loaded, loaded. And we just don't have time to fit it in. But we'll, we'll catch everybody up the next week. Uh, Marlon, you're still beating me, so there you go. There uh, you go. <laughs> all right. Fantasy <laughs> recap done. Done. All right, man. We got we to gotta hurry and do things. So uh, give us new products. All right, man. Here
2: we go. Um, we got three new things to really talk about this week uh, of importance. We've got a uh, sixteen, seventeen leaf metal hockey. Yes, out uh, coming out uh, on tomorrow. Tomorrow coming yes. out tomorrow. Mm-hmm. About ninety five hundred bucks a box. Um, Whoa, ninety
1: five hundred. Ninety
2: five to a hundred. Oh, okay, there box. we go. Yeah, ninety five. <laughs> yeah. Well, they upped it from five hits to seven. So right. That was the right. price difference? Was the price difference there. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, no, so you're gonna get seven hits. Uh, got your shot at your Eichel autographs, Nolan Patrick, and Joe. Valino? Joe Valino, yeah. yeah. so those are all random in there. There's only 200 cases of that, so grab that before it is gone. Uh, 2017 score football hit uh, yesterday. Um, that's running about $95 to $100 a box as well. Um, four autos per box. Uh, they're jumbo style. They got 10 packs, 40 cards per pack. Check that out. It's got all your guys that are getting drafted tonight are in there. And, of course, what everybody's talking about is the 2017 Bowman baseball Came out, um, normal box configuration, about $88, $90 a box. You're getting one auto. They got the Super Jumbos, which are 195 to 200 and they're three autos per box. Wow! Seen some crazy stuff. I came out yesterday and okay. seen some crazy stuff. Some guy just sent me a, they haven't even had time to look at it, it a 16 autograph booklet. Woo! Just got pulled out of that. So wow. stuff is loaded. Um, tons and tons of prospects. You prospectors, you know who you're looking for in there. Um, but just tons and tons of stuff. Looks good. Normal Bowman product. That's what everybody's talking about
1: on Boom. new products. Done. All right, new pricing. Just two for you, uh, Brian Fleischer. What's up, Brian? Has got Diamond Kings baseball done for you in the last week, and then I was able to finish up 16-17 uh, ice uh, ice hockey. That that is actually still missing a few a uh, few prices on the um, on the bigger guys okay. like Nylander and you know Marner and and uh, that other guy named Matthews. All those guys, uh, Laney. So basically, if you have any of that, let me know because that that's a it's a tough it's a tough pull, right? You know, because they went right they went down from from eight packs to six packs, and then those are only numbered to ninety nine. Yeah, ninety nine. So uh, make sure if you have some of that information, to shoot it over my way, and I will get it into the system. I am constantly checking uh, uh, the secondary market to make that complete. There you go. Got to get that complete. All right, man. Let's lay out the show for you. Because uh, it's really a show in two parts. The first part of the show, we have two different interviews. One with Randy Fairfield, who is a a, a Dominique Wilkins collector. He likes the slam dunk. He likes the slam dunk. Um, he he's been working on this since he was in grade school when he when we made a trade to a HaM monitor, and then uh, now he's he's uh, he's all he's all full tilt. He's got a website he wants to talk about too to help him display his collection. Uh then coming up after that is Kayla March from The Winged Octopus. She's talking a little bit of, uh, a little bit of playoff hockey with us. Uh here's the thing. I'm gonna be real honest with you. I wanted to talk hockey on the show. So So therefore I therefore I got somebody to talk hockey with. You, you did well. I did well. You did, <laughs> I did well. She did pretty good, man. I know that For sure. she's uh she's a she's a novice collector, I will say that. But uh she she wants to be more involved in the hobby she world, does. which everybody does. And then um she really she knew her stuff, man. She, she came on, and she, she really knew her stuff. Yeah, man.
2: She's, yeah. You'll, you'll enjoy that yeah, interview, yeah, that's enjoy,
1: for sure. You'll enjoy the interview, interview a lot. Uh, then we're going to uh, have a small break in between, uh, in between that segment and the next segment where Paul and I are going to get into a couple of different things that happened in the hobby this week that we, we, we at least have to touch on and mention. And then we're going to jump into our NFL draft coverage. Uh, coming up first in that little, that little part of the show is going to be uh, Michael Hodges from the draft. He uh, he was hanging out there with Panini, breaking uh, breaking cases of cards with players. So uh, that was a cool interview. And then uh, Jeffrey Eisenbahn. There you go, Eisenbahn, Yes. Coming on, uh, he's he's the star of the show, guys. He's from the post game and he is breaking down uh, Big Ten Big Ten guys like you've never heard before. So this is true. <laughs> it, it, he he was a lot of fun to talk to. So all that's happening, and then we're going to end it with Beckett Whatevs, and uh, it's my favorite time to do Beckett Whatevs because I have a story from the Animal Kingdom that I want to share. Oh, (laughs) yeah, I love when these come up. More Animal Kingdom. Let's jump right into these interviews. Uh, We're going to get, uh, get this pulled up for you. Guys, hang tight, and we'll be right back.
3: This is Jamie Thomas, sports artist, and you're listening to Beckett Radio.
1: All right, guys, we're back after that quick break. And, uh, man, first interview of the day, we're jumping right into business uh, with our Super Collector Series. On the phone with us is Randy Fairfield from the uh, eastern side of Washington. and his—and <laughs> the, his <laughs> <and> his <laughs> <laughs> the eastern side of the most west place there. Yeah, exactly. Uh, with his awesome Dominique Wilkins uh, Super PC. Good morning, Randy. How are you? Hey, good morning.
3: I'm doing fantastic.
1: That's awesome, man. Uh, what's what's? I asked you off air, but what's the weather like there in, in Eastern Washington this morning? Because it, it's drastically different once you cross that, go through those mountains. So, what's it like over there on, on the east side?
3: No, it's pretty nice right now. Um, but yeah, everything east of the mountains is pretty much a desert. Everything west of the mountains is pretty much always raining. Right. But no, we're doing pretty good over here after a pretty rough winter. So
4: yeah,
1: cool, awesome, awesome. All right, let's just jump right into this. Why don't you tell us a little bit about? Uh, a little bit about yourself, who you are, how long you've been collecting Dominique, and well, how long you've been collecting in general, and how long you've been collecting Dominique.
3: Yeah, so uh, let's see here. So I'm in my mid-30s now, and I got started actually collecting Dominique in middle school. Um, my uh, friend collected John Stockton when I moved up here to Washington, and uh, he got me into collecting. And um, I, li- I love the slam dunk, and I grew up watching uh, the Hawks on uh, TNT, uh, watching Dominique and Wookiee Blaylock. And, uh, I thought he had a great, you know, great game. And then, uh, I grew up in Southern California and the guy got traded, uh, you know, while the Hawks had the best record in the NBA, they traded him off to the Clippers. And so I got to see my first, uh, NBA game, um, with the Clippers going against the Warriors and Wilkins had like over 50 points or something in overtime. And, uh, Just a year before that, a kid had traded me uh, my first Dominique Wilkins card. Uh, He told me it was worth like $2. And uh, it was a 93, 94 uh, jam session card, one of those tall ones.
4: Sure. And uh, he
3: gave that to me so that uh, he could be the hall monitor for the week. So I just kind of uh, locked (laughs) the. That's a great story. That kind of got me into collecting.
1: We've heard some good stories here (laughs) on Beck Radio, but. I've never heard a story like that. That's, that's awesome. The Hall Monitor for a <laughs> you know, week. Did now hold card
3: Go ahead. That's my first card. I got it nice and encased and everything. It's my favorite card in my collection. So
1: <laughs> okay, but let's back up. Hall Monitor for the week. Did that come with some special perks that maybe uh, didn't come otherwise? Yeah, was that cute girl
2: Susie doing it with you <laughs> on the Hall Monitor thing? Like how'd that work? <laughs>
3: That's oh man, it's been so long. I can't remember. I think he got to take uh, like the attendance down to the office for the week too. So.
4: Oh, oh man. okay, all to,
3: right. Get to cut class for five minutes. You know, can't beat that. That
1: that five minutes in the hall by yourself is is as a child is priceless, right? It is. Like it is. To to this day, when I go and pick up my son from school, he's in first grade, right? And I go in, and the, like, the empty halls, I'm like, I can do anything I want. And there's nothing to do there, obviously. But You jump and you run and you yeah, jump and you hit jump, the jump, exit yeah, side. Yeah, you can do all that. It's, yeah. it's good stuff. It's real good stuff. Okay, so that was your first neat card. Uh, okay, how, how, did, how did your collection grow from there? How many, where, where are you at on autographs and memes? But let, let's start generally, though. You got your first one. That started it. So what happened after that?
3: Holy smokes. I tell you, you know, it's been fun collecting because I've got to kind of grow up and see a a lot of the changes that have happened, you know, in the hobby between uh, 96 and now. And, you know, first I, I was buying a lot of packs and stuff. And then I started realizing around like 1998, 99, when they started short printing rookies and, you know, autographs and jersey cards started coming into packs, which was amazing. Um, you know, I remember when the first Wilkins Jersey card came out in 2000, you know, I was a sophomore in high school and, uh, the card shop owner had one and, uh, that thing booked for like, you know, 50 bucks and, you know, it was, he was selling it over book, you know, and I'm like, Oh wow. A Jersey card. I'm never going to be able to get uh, a card like that. And, um, yeah, you know, so just being able to kind of grow up and see the changes in the hobby, but then also have my income kind of change as I'm growing, it's kind of allowed me to um, continue to keep up and, and maintain my collection. Uh, up until 2006, at this point, I'm like four years into college, my goal was to get one of every single Dominique Wilkins card ever made. And up until 2006, it was still possible. Uh, there was really only like a dozen at most um, certified autographs out there, and um, only four one of ones existed of Wilkins up to that point, and so yeah, if a, there was a bunch of us Wilkins collectors that had that goal, and then all of a sudden in 2006, just ton, you know tons of autographs uh, came into to the market, tons of jersey cards, and uh, the dreams were shattered. You know a, a lot of other Wilkins collectors dropped out. And I had a choice. I was like, I kind of saw the way things were going. I was like, do I do I jump out of this or do I go in whole hog? And of course, I went in whole hog. And I bought out a whole bunch of other people's collections and used my student loans to <laughs> to cover some of that. Don't tell the government, <laughs> um, but yeah, they yeah. don't listen. No, I just I never I never really grew up. So
2: okay. Yeah. That's awesome. hall monitor student loans. This is great. This is great. This is fantastic. <laughs> this is setting the way for all our young listeners to yeah. figure out how to how to become super collectors. We're going to play day. this one for all our kids. Yeah, <laughs> for all our kids.
1: That's awesome. And so all right. all right. Let's 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 talk about your PC. How how many autographs and jersey cards do you think you have?
3: Okay, so I actually put in for the Guinness Book of World Records and I uh, I think I have the most unique certified autographs of any player in any sport, um, I haven't done the, the the count lately, but I think I have over 700 unique certified Wilkins autographs right now. Wow! Um, so I put in for the Guinness Book because uh, I I'd never seen anybody beat that, and I posted a few times on some, on the forums. Um, and the Guinness bu- uh, Book wrote me back and they said, "Sorry, that's uh, too specific of a category." Like, what are you kidding me? There's like some of the most ridiculous specific categories out there in the Guinness book, but whatever.
1: Too specific of a category. I've never heard that, but that's yeah, that that's crazy. Kind of that's great, but you know what? Yeah. Kudos to you for at least trying and, and seeing the opportunity oh, sure. there. I mean, I want to get in the Guinness Book of World Records. This will probably be for buffets, but probably it's, it's gonna be for something, right? Man, so uh, <laughs> give me a give me a loose count then. What what do you, you said seven hundred on the autographs. What about jersey cards and one of the ones, or, or, things like that? Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
3: Well, you know, so it's been kind of it's hard for me to keep track of a lot of the stuff. I've got a pretty good inventory system here at my house where I sort cards out. Um, but yeah, you know, it's been hard for me to keep track because I've been creating my website in, uh, HTML and hard coding it for a long time. And every time I get a card in, it's like, I have all these different sort piles, right? Like there's, all right, these ones I just got in, I want to tweet them out. Okay. This one, these ones I've tweeted, but I need to take a scan. Okay. These ones I've got the scan, but I want to put them on the website. Okay. These ones I put on the website. Now they're ready for the, uh, screw down. And just like all of that, you know, it's been really hard for me to keep track of everything. And so sometimes my numbers get behind. Um, So, yeah, I I started working on um, this website where now all I got to do is just uh, update a spreadsheet and tag the image with different things in the spreadsheet. Uh, You know, like it's an autograph or it's a jersey card. And then it'll give me a count uh, for me when I'm done. So I'm in the process right now. I'm getting all my Wilkins cards. All of them are up there right now on my website, but I still need to go through and, and tag each uh, card that's got uh, some memorabilia on it to give you an exact count right now. But I would I would guess around... I don't know, two hundred fifty or three hundred on those. Okay,
1: cool. Let's talk about your website a little bit because uh, you sent me the link. I checked it out. It's uh, it's right now it's in the demo phase, but you're going to go live with it here pretty soon. Um, tell us the name of the website and uh, how other collectors can help you out with this.
3: Yeah, so um, the name of the website is HobbyDisplay dot com, and uh, really, the, you know, the idea behind it is uh, all you've got to do is just update a spreadsheet and um, then all the magic kind of happens, and it makes it look really nice um, as far as the display goes, and then as far as being able, able to set filters and just categorize and have the cards display by the various filters. Um, so it, it's been pretty exciting for me. I've been, I've been working early mornings and late nights for the past month uh, on this thing. Uh, shoot, just an hour before I called you, I was working on it. Um, just trying to get it to be, you know, as, as useful as possible. Uh, I've had five people beta testing uh, for me so far, and uh, it's pretty exciting. All of them have just kind of jumped in whole hog. They were able to get uh, a bunch of their collections loaded up pretty quickly. Um, I, just for me, yesterday, besides collecting Dominique, I'm also uh, a big Pacers fan, like during the Reggie Miller, Rick Smiths era, and uh, I collected, started collecting Josh Smith after he, you know, put on the Dominique jersey in the dunk contest, mm-hmm. um, and then I, I got some. Uh, I'm trying to get an autograph of every player that's been in a slam dunk competition as well, and so I was able to get all three of those collections, which all have over a hundred cards each, uh, up on my website in just the span of a few hours yesterday, which was pretty exciting for me because I know that that's going to mean now I can really keep track of my collection a lot better and I'm not going to have all these different piles of to-do lists. I can just type it into the spreadsheet and put the card in the screw down. So.
2: Go ahead, Paul. Yeah, that's awesome, man. I, I like the idea. Now is this just going to be your own website or are you going to allow other collectors to kind of share their collections as well on your website?
3: Yeah, I, you know, at first I was just planning on having this be something that I use for myself and, um, Once I started seeing, just because I knew it was going to save me a lot of, like I was like, this is going to be a lot of work to, to write all this code and to get this going, but it's going to save me in the long run. And so I started doing this, and then as I got deeper into it, I realized that what I was doing could be really useful to a lot of people. And so I started trying to build it in a way that would allow me to, you know, I I don't, I don't know how to, I don't have it where you like sign up for an account um, yet. But okay. uh, I'm ho- I'm hoping that uh, there'll be other people that are interested. And if if you are interested, if you go to hobbydisplay.com and just go down to the contact field, um, you could reach out to me and let me know you're interested. Um, I, I'm hoping um, to eventually have like basic accounts where I just charge a pretty minimal amount, and then also have some premium accounts where there could be multiple databases for, say, a card shop owner or something like that. I'm hoping eventually to take this thing um, beyond just sports cards, and you know, really anybody that's got you know geeky Star Wars figurines or Pokemon cards or artwork, you know, anything that's a hobby. Um, all you got to do is just update the spreadsheet, and you know, it, it looks pretty nice. You can put stuff up for sale there, so that'll be a work in progress. Um, it'll keep looking nicer and nicer every day. So, I'm excited about it.
1: Awesome, man. it sounds great. It sounds... You know what? You and I were having that conversation yesterday and uh, a little bit this morning um, about the, the Gary Vee video that I watched and told you, if you want to be an entrepreneur, you you got to start being an entrepreneur. you got to start acting like one. So right. uh, it sounds like Randy here is, is taking those reins and, and is really driving that forward with something that he's created and uh, collectors... You, uh, you guys should uh, go support him and check this out because you know he he's proud of this. It's something that he's worked on to create and he's put his hard work, hard earned time into it. So um, you know, as a hobby, I know that we can, a community, we can all get behind each other. And this is something that you should definitely get behind, guys. You go check it out, hobbydisplay.com. dot
3: Yep, good oh, stuff. Thank you. Yeah, like, like I'm not really, I'm not really like an entrepreneur. I've just been a teacher and um, now I'm an instructional coach and got really heavy into like the Google for Education stuff. And uh, you know, I I'm, I'm not I I didn't start out doing this to try and, and make money off of it. Um, it just was something that I thought um, would be really great for my collection. And I thought, wow, maybe other people could use it too. So, we'll see, that's that's yeah, I'm not a professional uh, <laughs> entrepreneur. I'm, I'm just a just a collector. But. Right,
1: right. I completely understand. I, I'm not trying to put words in your mouth either. Yeah. But but at least, um, oh no no. If you you're if you're at least you you're seeing you saw an issue with your own collection with your own you know your own uh, little little niche there, and you said I'm going to fix this. So, in in the spirit of yeah. entrepreneurship, that's that's exactly what it is. And you know, you're making time and you're taking your own time, and your own effort to make something pretty cool. I loved it. I I thought it was great when I checked it out. So, um, you know, it's it's yeah. something worth going to see.
3: You know, I'll tell you. There's they say uh, necessity being the mother of all invention, and I had actually posted before I started this project on some message boards like, "Hey, is there any great." Place out there, or I can like really nice, professionally display my collection, but kind of have you know being able to inventory and categorize things really well. And there just wasn't really anything out there. And so I think what's really neat about this is since it's coming from a spreadsheet, it allow you to allows me to keep track of everything, um, you know, the want list and the have list and all that stuff. But then also display it exactly how I want. So it's kind of a combination of being able to inventory and also be able to display online. There you so, go. Yeah, I'm pretty
1: stoked. There you go. Awesome. All right, man. Um, let's get into a little bit. Get back into the Neek collection. Um, what are your goals for it? You said earlier that you wanted one a uh, one card of every every Neek that there was. So where are you at now with this collection? What do you want to do with it? Uh,
3: man, I just want to keep growing. So you know, I just try to get uh, one of everything that I can afford. So, um, <laughs> nice that's caveat. Pretty much, that's pretty much it. I, I generally don't go for uh, duplicates. I've got a few cards in my collection that I just thought were so super cool that I picked up duplicates. Like one of my favorite duplicates that I got is um, uh, two thousand seven, two thousand eight, uh, UD black, and uh, they're all star Pat, uh, patch autographs. And so there was like twenty five silvers and uh, fifteen golds. And I picked up nine between out of the forty total of the print run, just because Wilkins is a nine-time All Star, and it was a really really sick looking card. So, but usually I just I, I really just try to get one of as many uh, different cards of Wilkins as I can, and uh, sometimes I, I do sacrifice, um, you know the uh, most people they try to get like a few really nice cards, and I really go I kind of let some of the nicer ones go sometimes just to be able to. Get as many different ones as I can. I've always been a completionist. I like checking that box off on the checklist. So
1: well, there you go. Now, what about MIM? Do you have any, uh, you know, balls or, or jerseys or anything like that that, that you had signed or, or game used or anything
3: like that? Oh, I got all kinds of stuff. So this is a good this is a good story. So I kind of Facebook stalked uh, his his niece and. Uh, I was like, I ended up chatting with her for like an hour one night and we were just like going off on how the NBA is different today than it was back then. And, and she actually, uh, we're still like, we're friends on Facebook and, um, and everything. And, uh, she actually sent me the pin that Wilkins wore, um, when it's got the, it's the Larry O'Brien trophy and, uh, it was the pin that he wore while he gave his hall of fame speech. So that's one of my favorite, um, little trinkets, but. I got all kinds of crazy stuff. I've got a dollar bill with Wilkins' picture on it. Um, I've got all kinds of crazy. I got a pair of shoes. You know, it's got his name on it on the back. Um, All kinds of stuff from when they, you know, retired his jersey. All kinds of catch from that. And uh, yeah,
2: that's very cool, man. That's cool. Have you had a chance to meet him?
3: I have not. um, That's something that's kind of on my want to want to do list, but he actually was, uh, he did follow me on Twitter. So when he first started his account, I was one of like the first hundred people that he followed on Twitter. So that was pretty cool, I guess.
1: There you
3: go. Um, but yeah, no, he, I know he goes around quite a bit. Um, you know, with some of the work that he's done with diabetes and maybe you've seen some commercials and stuff on there and he was actually down in Portland, uh, one time and I was going to try to try to make it down there, but it didn't work out, but someday. Awesome.
1: Awesome, all right, man. We're up against it. We got to move on to the uh, to our next interview, but we want to thank you for coming on. And Randy, before you get out of here, uh, why don't you give our listeners your Twitter handle and your website again, so they can follow you and get involved with this uh, this hobbydisplay.com.
3: Yeah, no, my Twitter is just at uh, hobbydisplay, and then from there you can see my actual like personal Twitter where I'm tweeting on my cards. Uh, that one's kind of a beast. It's just R, and then. My last name is spelled backwards, which is Fairfield, so R D L E I F R I A F. But probably the easiest way to find that is just to go to at uh, hobby display, and then from there you could find uh, find my collection and my my other Twitter. So
1: awesome! All right, we want to give a sh- big shout out to Kevin as uh, St. James too because uh, he he hooked us up with you. We were we were looking for an NBA guy for our super PC and. Uh, like it came down to like we we just weren't going to do the segment this week. Right, it right. Came, it came down to the last minute, and uh, he hooked he hooked me up with your contact information. So thanks to Kevin for that. And uh, now now you're now you're going down to Beckett Radio Lore is the neek super collector man.
3: <laughs> well, thank you. I, I really appreciate you guys' time, and it was a lot of fun. And uh, like you said, thanks to Kevin, he made a sweet deal for me too on some of those uh, 2000, 2001 tops uh, finals. Pacers patches, so I was
1: pretty stoked about that deal, too. So thanks, Kevin. Very <laughs> <Good> awesome. deal. <laughs> Very awesome. to Kevin today. All right, man. Uh, thanks for joining us, and you guys hang tight. We'll be right back.
5: This is Ian McDerry's Beckett Gaming Analyst, and you're listening to Beckett Radio.
1: All right, guys, we're back from that quick break, and uh, right now our show is just rolling along. Um, the first guest was really cool. Dominique Wilkins, super collector. Loved it. Loved bass. I love Nick, man. Yeah, Neek, absolutely. Human highlight, really. They didn't call him that for nothing, right? Exactly. Uh, now we're going to talk a little, uh, little, little playoff hockey. Hockey. Li- yeah. We talk hockey on. We this do show? that. We talk a little I, bit of hockey. I, I don't remember, but you, you know, look, we've probably <laughs> done it once or twice. But who cares, right? All right. Let's I'm do the it. hockey guy in the office. We're going to talk some hockey. Um, awesome. Joining us on the show, uh, making her her very first appearance. I think this is the first female guest. that we, No, we've had, we had. Um, uh, da, 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 da. We've had two female guests. Yeah, we've had two female guests. Yeah, but she's our first hockey. Yeah, female. she's our first hockey female guest. Uh, Kayla Martz from The Winged Octopus. Uh, you might guess that that's a she's out of Detroit. Uh, the the Detroit area. Anyways, <laughs> um, what's going on, Kayla? How are you doing?
0: I'm doing pretty good. Um, even though the Red Wings aren't in the playoffs for the first time in like 25, 26 years, I actually love um all of the NHL. So I'm. So excited to watch every single game
1: that's going on in these playoffs. Now uh, you are watching a lot of hockey. I don't want to sound like a Twitter stalker, but I've been kind of stalking your feed <laughs> lately because uh, we, we, you know, I invited you on the show, so I wanted to make sure you you you, you knew you knew your game and, and you know your stuff. So uh, not that I've been stalking your Twitter feed, but you, you talk <laughs> a lot of hockey on there. She's a good follow. uh follow at Kayla Loves. Red Wings, uh, L-U-V-S, Red Wings. Right, go check her out over there. But uh, let's get into some uh, hockey talk. Before we get into the playoffs, let's talk about your, uh, your hockey card collection because um, you have a nice one, but your, your mom, she seems to have a nice large collection as well.
0: Oh, yeah. Um, she's been collecting cards, her and my, um, my dad. Um, he uh, passed away um, back in 2008, I want to say, but they collected cards, like, nonstop. So there's just boxes and boxes and boxes and boxes and of different hockey cards that she has that we're still planning on going through and sorting through just to see, like, what she even has. Um, and my collection is more from ever since, like, 2007 and onwards. And onwards. So, but, we bo- but we both have, like, pretty cool cards, but... I mean, sometimes I look at other people's collections, and I'm like, "Wow, like they're so lucky because I don't know how they even get that card." <laughs> All right, so
1: here's the thing: you got you got to go to a, a local card shop. You got to find yourself a local card shop. Do you have anyone? Where do you do you live in Detroit?
0: No, I live um, just in a suburb right outside of Detroit. Okay. And there's not really many local card shops. There's oh. these um um there's this thing called Gibraltar Trade Center though. It's near my uh, near my house, and they have like people there that you can set up like your own booth like you rent it out for the day or whatever, every weekend. And they'll have like card shows, but sometimes with that, it's kind of hard because you don't know if they're just gonna try and pull one over on ya or what the, you know, cause you're putting a lot of trust in someone they don't really even know, so.
2: That's very true, that does, <laughs> unfortunately that does happen in this industry. So, is your collection mostly <laughs> Red Wings or do you, you diversify from that?
0: It's um basically everything. It's a collection of everything. Um. I really have only um, bought, like, boxes from, like, I don't know, like, Target, I guess, for example, or Meyer. So, like, they're, like, $20 a box. I have bought um, Black Diamond boxes before. Those are a little bit more expensive, I believe. Um, I think they're, like, $30 or $40 a box. But, I mean, once in a while you can, like, draw really, really good cards from there. So, right. and I have a couple good ones. So. All right.
1: We're gonna, we're, you know, we're gonna give you a new name. We're gonna dub you the, the Blaster Queen because Blaster uh, you were you're picking up blasters. What you need to do, Kayla, is get online uh, and visit Blowout Cards or David Adams Cards, and order yourself mm-hmm. some some hobby boxes. Uh, and you'll be you'll be a lot better off in the, the really nice cards that you're looking for. But I've seen your I've seen the pictures of your collection. You have some nice years. You have some good uh, some possibilities from some good young guns there and some things like that. And I realize this is all <laughs> hockey talk that no one cares about but me and Kayla. So I'm falling asleep. Oh shut <laughs> nah. up! All right, let's talk some hockey. Let's talk some playoff <laughs> hockey. Uh, all right, what did you th- let's Let's go over the first round. What did you think about the first round?
0: The first round, I thought, was um, really, really fun to watch. I mean, I mean, there's no game sevens at all whatsoever. But we didn't need a game seven. I mean, it, it was just exciting all around. Every single matchup was exciting, um, especially like the the surprises. I mean, I don't think anyone had you know Nashville sweeping Chicago. I had them um, in my playoff bracket. I did have them beating Chicago, but it, I had it at seven games, not four. And, um, you know, I think it's also cool to see, like, teams like uh, the Edmonton Oilers play so hard and then for them to win and overcome against San Jose Sharks. And also, like, in the East, I mean, that was just exciting, too. The whole the um, Washington Capitals Leafs series, that was really fun to watch considering, you know, the Leafs are a very young team. But, I mean, they're going to have a great, bright future ahead of them.
1: That that Leafs team, uh, Paul and I were talking about this uh, off-air they're probably about two years ahead of where they're supposed to be, but man, they were fun to watch. They were, and they
0: were, they were, they were really fun to watch.
1: <laughs> uh, Paul, Paul is a DC guy. I am, and uh, he he's watching the Caps play hockey from Paul's perspective is like watching a fat man try to get into a skinny hole. It just it, it make your it <laughs> makes your heart race. You just can't. It's so scary. <laughs> Six games,
2: oh, five yeah. overtime games. Yeah. Just man. You just – oh, man.
0: I, I can't even imagine what it what what it must have – I mean, I was, like, nervous. I was, I was cheering on the Capitals just because I love Ovechkin and I just think he deserves a Stanley Cup. Agreed. And, and I just – when I was watching those games, I mean, nothing against the Leafs or anything. I just wanted the Cats to win. And I was just like, oh, my gosh, are they really not going to win? Like, what's going on here? What's happening? But, you know, thankfully they pulled out a victory, which I'm sure uh, – paul's excited about yeah
1: (laughs) for sure (laughs) game six i was watching game six uh just two nights ago and like my heart wanted wanted washington to win and just score and get it over with in overtime right which they did but the hockey Mm -hmm. nerd in me was like come on game seven come on game seven uh but the caps they don't have a very good record in game sevens in the first round so um it's probably better that they got they got out of Toronto with that win and, and move on to face the Pens now.
2: Yeah, tell them what they won,
1: Johnny. <laughs> yeah, they, <laughs> get Sid, they get Sidney Crosby <laughs> in the next round. What do you think about uh, what do you think about that matchup? Pens uh, Pens Caps coming up next.
0: I mean, I think it's going to be very, very, very exciting. I mean, definitely the most exciting um, the exciting matchup in the East, the most exciting one because. Crosby and you got Crosby and Ovechkin but also right now you know Malkin is the one that's leading in points. Right. And then you have the you know Phil Kessel who's still just you know tearing it up. Um obviously Sidney Crosby doesn't really need any introduction, but I'm really surprised that um Jake Gensel, kid, I think I pronounced his name right, Jake Gensel, he's been um he's been pretty good lately. I mentioned so, I, mean,
1: I mentioned him a couple of weeks ago on the show uh after the after he scored that overtime winner, he had the, the hat trick. I had to bump so I priced the hockey cards. I had to bump his cards up from his rookie cards, which he only has like a handful of them. I think maybe 20 out there. I had to bump them all up, and his young gun canvas is now like 60 bucks. So if you get you get yourself a Gunsel, you really? should go do that. Yeah, definitely jump on that oh, Jake wow. Yeah, def- def-
0: definitely. Thanks for, <laughs> thanks for giving me the tip. <laughs> no um, I, yeah, um, I do think that the matchup, though, is definitely going to be exciting. I mean... It's, it's just an old rivalry, and I think, honestly, rivalries bring out the best in a team. I mean, being a Detroit fan, you know, Detroit against Colorado in the 90s and, you know, the early 2000s, and it's like whatever team, like, ended up beating the other one, they went on to win the Cup. Sure. So, I mean, if Washington can actually beat Pittsburgh once and for all... I think they could have a ninety nine
1: percent chance of winning the Stanley Cup. I, Paul, go ahead. <laughs> I got, I got,
2: I can't say anything, man, because every year we get so close, and every year it's the same story. Yeah, it's the same. Well, well we made the playoffs, we had the best <laughs> record in the NHL. Oh, I'm and sorry. <laughs> now we don't win again. Here's
1: well, the thing, man. Holby, <laughs> Holby, all season long has been standing on his head. Yeah, and he he had some nice games in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So, or in the first round, rather. So. Let's see what he does against uh Crosby and, and Malkin who who, you know, is leading in points right now. <laughs> so right. uh let's see what happens there. Yeah. Let's let's talk about the let's talk about the Rangers and the Sins. What do you what do you think about that?
0: Um, I think that'll be like an awesome matchup too. Uh I thought I really thought um I I was one of the fans that uh I kinda thought Boston got a little screwed over in that one game with those two calls at the end of the game. Yeah, it was some bad officiating. Um, not, yeah. Um I I mean, I think, you know, you have Eric Carlson, you have uh, Kyle Turris. I mean, they have a great team, Bobby Ryan. And then the Rangers, obviously, you have King Henrik and that. So, I mean, they're going to – he wants a cup, too, definitely. So, I mean, I think it's definitely going to be an exciting matchup. And it's going to be very physical on the Rangers' end because last time I heard the Rangers are leading all of the uh, playoff teams in hits. I can't remember what the number is, but I'm pretty sure. So, that's going to be pretty – exciting
1: to watch (laughs) big big hits from the Rangers uh let's talk about the West then so uh who who, who do we got is it the it's the uh, Oilers and the Ducks right is that right uh yeah okay Edmonton Oilers against the Ducks and uh, St. Louis against
0: Nashville
1: there we go that I I was I was thinking I was getting St. Louis flipped around there but so we got we got the (laughs) Ducks we got Ducks and the Oilers uh I think the only thing that really needs to be said here is I think everybody in the hockey world wants to see Edmonton get back to the finals. I don't know if it's going to happen, but they want to see they want to see that Connor McDavid kid in the finals. Paul, would you agree? He's pretty good, isn't he? he I heard I heard from like somebody that he was okay.
2: Yeah, so. man. I mean, that's what at least it, I know from a hockey side. A lot of people do. I know from a hobby side, from the card industry, yeah. they really want to see McDavid do well and go far because. His cards are just blowing up, and yeah. it's been very good for hockey the last couple of years from a, from a card standpoint. Sure, having somebody like that to uh, to really kind of drive the McDavid market. McDavid
1: is another. I'm mean, like, I guess you shouldn't be surprised at this, but McDavid is another player that I've been bumping a lot because he's just as the season progressed, he just got better and better and better, and, and you know, the secondary market reacted to that. You, now you can't. I think his young gun is like two hundred fifty dollars or something right. like that. You can't touch it for under that, you mm-hmm. know. And oh, auto- wow, yeah,
0: definitely. His
1: autographs are getting hot too, so. I mean, not that they weren't, but his, his cup autograph. The last time I looked at that thing, I think it was priced at 12,000 to 15,000 and it probably needs a bump too. Yeah. So yeah. geez, yep. he, oh, all right, wow. we're, we're looking forward to yeah. that McDavid kids. So let's talk about the other one. Uh, can, <laughs> can uh, Pekka do it again? Can he shut out the blues? That's actually a really good question. I
0: mean, I think, I think he can, I don't, I don't, Kayla? Shout out, you know, a team that won three Cups in six years that has all this offense, and they just didn't know what the heck they were doing. So I really believe uh, Pecorine can uh, seal the deal. It's um, going. In my opinion, it's a matter of can they get enough goal scoring? I mean, they have a great defense core, because you have P.K. Subban, um, you have uh, Ryan Ellis, you know, and then you have uh, guys like uh, Philip Fosberg, who's doing great. Um, James Neal. James Neal, for um, just uh, FYI for everyone that doesn't know, is my favorite hockey player that is not a Detroit Red Wing. If they can get him going, I think the whole Nashville team has a really good shot um, at winning at winning the series. Okay. All right.
1: All right, Kayla. Good job. Uh, nice. <laughs> nice. Well done. Here are your first time on Becker Radio. And uh, breaking down the breaking down the NHL playoffs for us. Now I got to ask you, did you? When we first crossed paths, I had just posted the uh, the Beckett Radio uh, playoff bracket. Did you jump in on that?
0: Um. I want to say I was going to, or I tried, and I don't think it happened. I'm not sure. That's okay. All right. That's
1: okay. You can ride along with me. I got the Caps winning it all. Yes, yeah, <laughs> and, so, and so do I for okay. the homer pick. Right? <laughs> okay. Okay, so uh, we're up against it. we got to get out of here. But uh, you want to come back uh, the next round or break down the next round of the playoffs for us?
0: Oh, of course, definitely. Thank you guys so much for having me on.
1: All right, so uh, before we let you out of here, tell us your Twitter handle and where we can find you on uh, Winged Octopus as well.
0: Okay, so on Twitter, uh, my Twitter handle is K Loves Red Wings. K A Y L U V S Red Wings, and um, you can find our uh, blog slash podcast at Winged Octopus, and that's we're, we also have a Facebook page too, and our podcast. Are available on iTunes and Google Play, and we also do YouTube uh, live shows every now and then. So
1: okay, cool, guys. You she's go, busy. She's busy. Yeah, go check her out. Uh, go check out Winged Octopus. Uh, if you, especially if you like the Red Wings, I know we got some Red Wings listeners. Um, I'm you know I'm sorry you guys are not in the playoffs, but at least you got some uh, <laughs> some Winged Octopus in your life. while we're here. All right, uh, we're gonna get out of here, <laughs> and uh, we'll talk to you so- again soon. Okay.
0: Okay. Thank you so much again for having me. No thank problem.
1: You. Have a great right, day. Bye bye. Hello, this is Jason Crosby, freelance
3: illustrator and sketch card artist, and you're listening to Beckett Radio.
1: All right, man, two loaded back-to-back interviews there. Uh, Randy Fairfield and Kayla March both coming on with their respective uh, uh, areas of, <laughs> of conversation. Dominique and uh, Playoff Hockey. So it's good. We covered everything basketball, yeah. hockey, and now we're going into football. There we go. I guess we'll talk about baseball a little bit later. Maybe later. Maybe. 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 The, All right, man. But uh, listen,
2: the season's just getting
1: started. Yeah. Got it, plenty of got time plenty to go. plenty of times to go. Eric Teams, or is it Thames? Is that what it is? It's Thames or Tim's? Thames? yeah, whatever. It doesn't matter. He's just, he's raking it in, in. Fuego. Yeah, he's really in Fuego. Um, nice ESPN reference there. Good job. Um, well, they're not using it any <laughs> anymore. Yeah, they're not using it any anymore. They got rid of it. Uh, <laughs> So let's talk about this thing that happened with uh with Panini. Um the the whole uh, misrepresented The laundry, yeah, laundry, yeah is, laundry, is a laundry time, tag is Yeah, a laundry
2: tag. They you know they they produced a card and I don't remember all four players that were on the card, but two of them had looked like Mitchell and Ness laundry tags on right, there. Right. Which unfortunately Mitchell and Ness doesn't make any game used registr- you know, they don't use those in the game. And Panini wrote on the back of the card game worn. Sure. Laundry tax. Right. So obviously there's a, a miss yeah, there, on there. There is definitely a miscommunication there. Yeah, some miscommunication. So, you know, just like the sports community, they either love you or they hate you. And they blew it from Facebook to blow out to, I mean, I'm sure they even emailed Trump about it. <laughs> um, you know, they just kind of went crazy and, and all over the place about it. So just unfortunate, you know, one of those mix-ups along the way that, uh, that happened. You know, when
1: you're producing millions of cards a year, something's going to get messed up along the way right you know i think with that product it, it just man if it would have been in prestige you know <laughs> yeah it's a little different yeah
2: it's a little different when it's between you know if it was a 80 or 100 dollar box of cards rather than a an 800
1: right. hundred dollar right. box cards or 700 hundred dollar cards. right know? the the good thing here is they jumped out in front of it and, they did and, and they even brought others th-
2: to the attention they went back right. and looked at the whole thing and realized that they had you know uh, two other ones and uh you know they're willing to fix it. They're going to take care of it. They can re they, you know they can
1: recreate the card for you, and uh, and get it right. Right, so they're going to make it right. They can so. definitely get it right. Um, th- the good thing is, is that, like again, they jumped out in front of it, and they're going to they want to correct it. So if you have those cards, go check out the the nice lance. Read the blog post. Uh, Ryan Cracknell also retweeted it for us, and uh, yeah, it's on yeah, Beckett.com. It's, Beckett.com it's on Beckett.com, Beckett.com. Find it there as well. Go check it out uh, if you have any of those cards, and they will get it corrected for you and send you the proper card for you to have. Um, with a, with a product like that, you know, you, you got to be right, and they know that. So uh, at least they're doing the right thing here to correct it. Absolutely, you know, unlike uh, some of those those pants that those Lulu. Lulu Lulu bug. I don't know what they are. They're crazy, but they're ripped. It's a female female like stretch pants. Okay, and uh, ladies are putting these on and they're just ripping like wet toilet paper. And now nice. now they're refunding they're they're refunding the, um, the 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 ladies who bought them, but they're not refunding the people who who stocked them. Oh, nice. Of yeah, course you know, not. Panini here is doing it right. Yes, Panini here. They're taking care. They're taking care. That's good. Of. Um, speaking of Panini, man, they have sponsored a m- awesome. Awesome giveaway for us uh, that ends tonight. If you can hear my voice, uh, it is Thursday, 4 27, 2017. If you can hear my voice, you still have time to get into our draft giveaway. Um, first place was a box or is a box of contenders. Yes. 2017 uh, contenders. Draft picks, fire. Really big. Really big. Second place, five second place winners, two packs each of uh, elite collegiate draft. Auto each pack. Auto each pack. I saw those were like retail like twenty five dollars a piece or something like that. So yeah, it's kind of yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, you're getting two two packs each on those. <laughs> and then third place. Don't 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 knock this man. This is really cool actually. All right. Uh, a Michael Irvin uh, rookie score BGS rookie nine five, and a Troy Aikman BGS nine rookie. Uh, That's about a 70, 75 five dollar value there. For sure, man. Together. Uh, you were telling me, I, I, I guess, I, I kind of scoffed at it, and you were telling me, dude, do you know how hard those things are to grade? They so. are pretty hard to grade, yeah. <laughs> so
2: getting getting nine fives are tough. So. Yeah,
1: they they certainly are, because I that's what the population report says anyways. <laughs> yeah. Um, So that Michael Irvin is really nice, man. Yeah,
2: Hall of Fame rookie, man. Yeah, Heck there, yeah. You go,
1: there you go. And then uh, I'm going to give a shout-out to a couple of guys that were paying attention.
2: Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> so we had guys that pay attention? Yeah,
1: guys that pay attention. Holy
2: mackerel. Uh,
1: the Dingo Dad, who's been mentioned here before. Okay, yeah. And Sleepy Frank, who who is also... Uh, he's a tweeter. Yeah, he's a tweeter. He's definitely a tweeter. Both you guys paid attention to our Box Break video. I said, make me laugh, and I'll make, I'll get you guys a prize. I'll get you something. So uh, this is what I got. At my desk right now, I have a couple of cards that are just kind of laying around, and I need to send them out to you. So uh, email me, ericn, at... Uh, EricN at Beckett.com, and I will get you hooked up with one of those cards. I, I got a nice, I got a nice David Johnson autograph over there. I black autograph. Oh, that I, is a nice. It, card. It's a nice card. That's I got that. I got a, uh, I got a Carson Wentz. I got a Jared Goff patch. I got you know a few things over there that I need to give away. If you if you don't want to go football, you want to go, uh, you want to go Star Wars. I I got a nice, uh, nice sketch card over at my desk. Oh, or that's somewhere. right. That is a pretty cool sketch card. So uh, you guys, uh, you guys contact me. YouTube, uh, Sleepy Frank and uh, Dingo Dad. Email me directly. Let me know uh, what you might like, and I'll see what I have for you, and I'll send you over a prize, uh, an award prize. I don't know what you call it. It's Fragili. It's a major award. So, <laughs> 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 just because you were paying attention, uh, there you go. There you go. All right, man. Let's jump into our draft coverage. Uh, coming up next on the interview uh, docket is Michael Hodges from the draft. Man, it was a great interview. We sat down with him yesterday. Uh, he talked about opening some uh, some cases of cards with players and he's got some pretty dope uh, giveaways to give to you guys over in the clubhouse um that are you're not unlike anything else you're gonna find out out there so yeah you've never seen one of ones like this yeah you've never seen one of ones like that and then after that uh jeffrey jeffrey eisenban from the post game is jumping on and he, again he's breaking out big 10 players like you've never heard before uh that's all coming up and then after that Beckett what is from the Animal Kingdom and I can't wait for it it's awesome you guys hang tight we'll be right back
6: (laughs) this is Beckett hockey editor Stephen LaRush and you're listening to Beckett Radio home of the fat packs
1: alright guys we're back from that quick break and uh, joining us on the phone right now live from the uh, NFL draft facility out in Philadelphia um, is the clubhouse's own Michael Hodges what's up Mike good morning how are you Morning, guys.
2: Uh,
6: Doing well. Can't complain.
1: Yeah. Good
2: stuff, man. How's it out there in uh, in Jersey, or not
6: Jersey? Philly. Sorry. Sorry. Pennsylvania, but it's it's beautiful, dreary, and rainy. um, If that's possible.
1: Hey, have you have (laughs) you been booed yet by the Philly fan?
6: Um, No, I have not. I've kind of avoided. um, uh, I've been I've been away in in uh, conference rooms and stuff, so uh, I've been kind of avoiding the fans.
1: That's, that's probably pretty smart. They th- These are the same people that threw batteries at Santa Claus, so I don't think that <laughs> hanging out uh, – <laughs> Yeah, they're,
6: they're ruthless. They're man, ruthless.
1: <laughs> absolutely <laughs> ruthless. So, uh, man, I know that y- uh, you got just a little bit of time this morning, so we wanted to just get your thoughts about uh, basically breaking from the draft facility there in Philadelphia, man. What's it been like so far?
6: You know, it's an awesome time. You're, you're getting to interact with players um, – before they've been exposed to the craziness that is professional football so a lot of these guys are still um, you know they're still excited they're everything's new to them and so uh, you know as players uh, progress in their careers you know things can get frustrating and time gets consumed but right now these guys I mean they're they're just excited and so it's, it's a lot of fun it's a completely different atmosphere than you would uh, expect from you know hanging out with athletes and ripping wax together. So.
2: that's awesome now are they into the cards? Like do they enjoy oh,
6: that yeah. side of the, it? Yeah yeah yesterday um, seriously, the first two guys um, out of uh, Tennessee sat down with me and uh, a lot of times they'll break you know a box of cards um, and then they'll leave because that's kind of, you know they'll pretty much do their what they're obligated to do and then they'll leave right And I, seriously yesterday, both guys sat down first guy broke an entire case of contenders draft with me and the second guy opened an entire case of elite draft and and they only need to say for a box and they did the entire case each and i mean they were totally into it over and over in the video he goes i just feel like i'm a kid all over again and he's he's spreading out the base cards on the table and collecting all of the guys that you know the legends and whatnot and so um, these guys, yeah, I mean, it, it's weird because I'm going, thank you for your time. And then they're going, thanks for giving me something fun to do. When I've been signing, you know, 20,000 autographs this weekend. And now I can finally sit down and just relax a little bit. So that's cool. pretty interesting.
1: That's cool. Did I see you with Farrell Cooper yesterday?
6: Um, was, no. Was Farrell there? I
1: didn't
6: have, I have to mm-hmm. No. I was I, – I, linking man, you got me in the morning. I see Josh Conway out of Tennessee, and um, oh boy, man, Cameron Sutton out of Tennessee, and then we sat down with uh, Mike Williams out of Clemson. Okay, um, and then who's the last one? Um, Isaiah Peed. Mm, he's out, He's out of no. He's out of Virginia Tech. Isaiah Ford. Isaiah out of Virginia F- Tech. Yeah, there you go.
1: That yep. little tech action. I saw Coop breaking something on on something with a panini panini. Uh, yeah, he, he
6: might have been. There was a couple conference rooms in a row. Where we had a bunch of stuff going on. He might have been doing some kind of promo stuff for them yesterday.
1: Okay, cool, cool. So, uh, so you said you said elite, uh, elite draft and contenders draft. What else are you breaking over there?
6: Man, we did uh, we did the, the three twenty seventeen products so far. So we got a sneak peek at Score Jumbo, which drops today. Um, that's actually already sold out. So that's pretty crazy. Um, that was an amazing product. And then we had a, we threw in a case of. Uh, Black gold, um, and a case of NT, and a case of uh, flawless. You know, you you can't go to these events without bringing the heat. So <laughs>
4: that's
2: true, um, yeah. If you brought flawless, you uh, yeah. that's good stuff. That that is real good stuff, man. It, it's
6: hard though. It's hard though because a lot of a lot of the guys, they when you open something like NT and like we pulled a Zeke rookie patch auto, and, and they want to take the cards. <laughs> 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 You know, like uh, yeah, I'd, I'd have a pretty upset customer if that was the case. But they, they get mesmerized by what a football card is these days, and uh, it, they get really excited. It's it's pretty cool.
1: That's that's so great, man. I'm glad that you're getting this experience, and uh, I hope you guys have tuned in to the clubhouse this week uh, and just and just watched what's going on, man. He's, he's Michael and his team up there are having a lot of fun. So what, what's on the docket for today? Today it's Wednesday, the day before the actual draft. What's on the docket for today? Yeah.
6: So today, we're kind of laying low. Um, we're going to head back to uh, the rooms, essentially, while we're breaking in there. Uh, we're not going to break any today. Um, while, we're, while we're breaking in there yesterday, uh, all the players are coming in, and they're trying to, to get all their autographs done for you guys. And so um, they're in there just lined up. And so we're going to be back in there today just trying to make sure all the autographs are getting in for all the products that way. We don't have any dreaded redemptions. So like for instance, while we were breaking yesterday, we pulled a Mike Williams redemption while Mike Williams was sitting there signing his autograph allotment, and so um, we got to explain to the players, like, "Hey, if you guys don't get these done, this is the disappointment that happens if you guys don't get your autographs in in time." And so they're all going, "Oh man!" Like, and so they're like, "That's kind of sucks." Everyone gets cards, and then this guy gets a piece of cardboard with a sticker on it, and so. Um that's what, that's what we're going to be doing today, just making sure everyone's getting their autographs in and doing everything that Panini can do to make sure that content is live in these uh, early products in 2017. So. That's
2: awesome, man. They're getting education because they don't realize what they're doing. They don't know the consequences of not getting that stuff done on time. So that's kind of neat that yeah, they actually exactly. get to see it firsthand. You know, it's kind of cool. That's yeah. really cool.
6: Really and cool. from a and from a Beckett perspective, you know it's an awesome opportunity for us to go multiple times yesterday during during the breaks. I pull up, pull out a card, and you have an autograph that went off the sticker like thirteen times, and you can show that to the guys and go see because because they're signing. You, you have to remember uh, it, as the collector that they're signing these in like you know a hundred sticker sheets, and it just looks like a solid piece of paper to them. And so when they go off the sticker, it's not very obvious. But then when you remove the sticker and put it on a card. It's super obvious, and so I got to show that to a couple of the guys and go, see, this is what happens when you go off the sticker because once it comes off that sheet, you lose everything that went off the edges, and they're like, oh, that makes so much more sense because that looks terrible, and so it, it helps so they can understand how the industry works and, and how grading an autograph works, and um, it, you know, I think everyone in the end, everyone wins through this experience because the players just get to understand the end product a lot more.
2: That's awesome, man! So get your Beckett ten autographs now. Thanks to Mike, Thanks to Michael for hooking it up <laughs> and explaining it to him. That's, that's awesome.
1: So helpful of you. Uh, I believe it, it's a. I'm. Um, I'm. I'm not. I'm gonna sound like I'm washing your balls here, but it's. It's really. It's a great asset to have someone like yourself there, and the other breakers that are there, that are there to help explain that to the players, um, for just the community and the hobby and a whole for them to be able to to know that you have our backs, and uh, that's, man, just thanks. That's really cool.
6: Yeah, it for sure. And, and I'll tell you, like, it, and it's for, for collectors out there, who, you know, for instance, Mike Williams, right, he, he's going to have some redemptions coming early because he didn't get his autographs done. He, they're done now. He did finish yesterday, but obviously, you know, he's not going to have those in um, those first three products. But these guys are signing autographs. I mean, he was in there for hours straight signing autographs while at the same time doing phone interviews with all you know, sorts of media outlets, and so these guys—I mean, they—they—they have so many things they're supposed to get done, and they're still—they're still doing everything they can to get autographs done. And so, even when you see redemption, um, it doesn't necessarily mean it's like some bum. It just means that they're busy and they've got to multitask. I mean, they can't just do one thing at a time; they have to do multiple things. So they're working on it and. It's crazy when you get to see it happening in person. I mean, sure, there's some players who just, you know, they they don't want to do autographs and they're, you know, they get kind of bummed about it. But most of these guys are solid guys, but they're just they're going from college atmosphere to pro, where everyone everything's about money and everyone's trying to get them to do something. And so it's a really difficult situation. And, and these guys, seriously, they handle it incredibly well. It's pretty cool.
1: Sweet, very sweet. That's probably how they got there in the first place. That's probably how they got there in the first place. All right, man. Uh, I know that you're up against it, so are we, but before we get out of here, uh, you're gonna you're gonna be back uh, back in your hometown later this evening. Uh, back at the breaks tonight or tomorrow?
6: Uh, we'll be back in the breaks on on Friday night. I'm gonna take I'm gonna take an extra night and uh, uh, just get all the cards. And we're bringing back some incredible stuff. Like a lot of the players, they they take their cards. Uh, when we pull them, and then they, they turn them into custom one-on-one ridiculousness. And so I'm going to sort through all that and make sure I've got all the, the prizes landed out. And, and then we'll, we'll actually be back in three weeks. We'll be in L.A. for the rookie premiere from the Rose Bowl, and we'll be breaking on the field at the Rose Bowl. And so we'll have uh, this kind of an experience all over again and, and with all the guys that come out for the RPS. So um, it's, it's going to be a blast. So it's, it never stops.
2: <laughs> good stuff,
1: man. Well, hopefully we can catch up with you while you're out there in L.A., man. That would be awesome. Uh, that would be really great. That sounds man. good. That would be great. All right, man, uh, before you get out of here, drop your uh, your Twitter and everything again so our guys can go find you on Friday night to get in on some of this sweetness.
6: Awesome. Twitter, at STL Cards. Same with Instagram. And on, on Facebook, that's our main primary area. Um, search us out, the Clubhouse Closed Group. But uh, send in a request, and we'll get you at it.
1: All right, guys. Uh, you guys go check him out so he can help check you out with some nice Things and uh, the breaks. All right, thanks for joining us, Michael. Go get that draft day stuff done.
6: All right, appreciate it, guys. All, All right, right,
1: have a good one, Mike. All right, later. This is Jason with Baseball
6: Collectors Daily,
5: and
4: you're
1: listening to Beckett Radio. It's a hot one. And we are back after that quick break. And uh, joining us on the phone now for our. Our exciting part of the show, for sure, is uh, is Jeff Eisenband from the post game joining us. So we're going to talk a little bit about the, the NFL draft. Wait, wait, wait! What's up? The draft is coming. The draft is tonight, actually. Get out of town. Yeah, it is. Dang it! We got, we got the draft coming. That's up. Awesome. We're going to let him talk about the post game. If you guys don't know what the post game is, you you should definitely be following the post game on Twitter and checking out their website. But uh, Jeff, thanks for joining the show. How are you doing, sir? I'm good. You know,
5: you guys talk about it being an exciting week. I mean, the fact that the NFL, that we're so excited in the middle of the NBA and NHL playoffs, people, and at the start of the MLB season, it's exciting because the NFL draft just shows a little bit of about how this country feels about the NFL right
2: now. The NFL is 365, man. It's every day, all the time, man. They have done a great job being able to, to produce themselves that way, so... Yeah, for sure, man. I'm more excited about the draft than anything else going on I, right I think,
1: now. I think Jeff said it perfectly. We're just, the country as a whole is more yep. excited about the draft right now and the possibility of who's going first, You know what's happening and all that. But before we get into all that, uh, Jeff, will you please introduce yourself, tell us who you are, uh, how long you've been in the industry, and wh- what exactly the postgame is? I'm
5: just some crazy man on the phone. No, uh, <laughs> uh, I uh, – so the post-game is a sports and lifestyle uh, website. Um, I work on the editorial side as an associate editor. So uh, a lot of uh, what I do is a motley array of stuff from interviewing athletes. I'll be in Philadelphia uh, Wednesday and Thursday grabbing some of those guys before they potentially get drafted, which, of course, is always fun because you talk to them a few hours before you know the direction of their NFL career is set. So it's a fast-paced Uh, form of questioning, but I do a lot of that. I have my own podcast, the post-game podcast with Jeff Eisenbahn. Um, I will write from a time-to-time opinionated column (laughs) on the website, keeping my fandom as unbiased as possible. Uh, And also, from uh, time-to-time, I'll pop in um, from a video perspective. I actually just interviewed, we had an interview with Ricky Fowler at Augusta, which was a a fun experience. I don't know if you guys have ever been there. So,
3: a motley array
5: of stuff, but the NFL draft is the NFL draft.
1: I mean, that's the priority this week. That is the priority uh, yeah. this week. We have not been to Augusta mostly because they don't have a buffet there. Um, no, they soon, don't. No. As soon as they, they really get a buffet, don't. we're gonna go. <laughs> so uh, let's talk about the NFL draft, man. What are some names that are standing out to you that you're kind of interested in and you know just keeping track of? Well, there's uh, there's obviously
5: you know a ton of storylines. Um, one thing that uh, we were emailing before, actually, you guys mentioned O.J. Howard. Yeah. And one thing that I just think the tight end position, you look at the tight end in the NFL and you look at the Rob Gronkowskis and how valuable they are to good. And I know, obviously, the Patriots won the Super Bowl without him, but you see a Greg Olson and guys just becoming so important in the red zone that I think the tight end position is valued higher than it used to be. So you have an O.J. Howard who's shooting up draft board, a guy that that starred at Alabama, uh, showed what he could do. And remember, Alabama is not traditionally a passing team, showed what he could do in a run-first offense, um, and and will be a, a guy at the top of draft boards, another guy because I'm a Big Ten person. Jake Butt is on, the diff, on a different sort of side of the spectrum where he is more of your reliable. I think he will be a great number two tight end on a team. And I think that we have NFL teams who are shifting to two tight end sets The Patriots won the Super Bowl, but their original idea was to have Ralph Gronkowski and Martellus Bennett last year. And so I think you're going to see a lot more tight ends, not just shoot up draft boards, but have better, bigger name NFL careers moving forward than they did, say, 15 years ago.
1: That makes a lot of sense to me. I mean, because that Patriot two tight end system, you know, started back with with Hernandez and Gronkowski. And and it's evolved since, and uh, they're winning with it. And the NFL is a copycat league, you know, so they're going to do – they're going to do what's successful, and wh- who's more successful than Bill Belichick? That's just true. <laughs> you know That's what I'm true. saying on all kinds of levels. That's true. <laughs> you mentioned Jake Buck from uh, Jake Jake Butt from Michigan. You are a Big Ten guy yourself. You went to Northwestern, and there's a linebacker at Northwestern that uh, uh, Anthony Walker that is kind of making a little bit of his name for himself. Uh, what do you, What do you know about him?
5: Well, I know a significant amount about him. And <laughs> I was thinking about that before I got on the phone with you guys. You know, how do I handle something like this? in an unbiased manner, because not only did I, uh, Anthony Walker's a couple years younger than me, but I did actually go to school with him as well. And the thing that people, so seeing Anthony Walker through, he, he left after his redshirt junior season, which is rare at Northwestern. Even for a guy that comes to school for four years, plays three years, it's rare that he was ready. And it wasn't expected. A guy named Colin Ellis, who was supposed to be the middle linebacker three years ago now, went down. Uh, in about uh, was kind of in off and on during the during the season his senior year uh, Anthony Walker's redshirt freshman year and he took over the role and just became an outstanding force in the middle linebacker position and the thing about Anthony Walker is you know you want to wonder is the guy a run stopper is he uh, can he can he blitz can he get to the quarterback can he drop back in coverage Anthony Walker really is an all-around linebacker, and part of that comes from the fact that Pat Fitzgerald is his coach, a two-time Bednarik Award winner, uh, who knows the linebacker position inside and out, and a lot of people at Evanston have been waiting for when is Pat Fitzgerald going to produce an NFL-caliber linebacker, and Anthony Walker is that guy. He'll probably, if I had to guess, be a third or fourth-round pick, but I think his feeling is to be a one- or two-time Pro Bowler, which isn't the sexiest thing in the world, but if you're looking for a guy who's a bit of a sleeper who's going to be ready to produce right away, I think he's your guy. There you
1: go. Yeah, that works. Now, uh, I'm going to stop you right there and interrupt the draft talk because it just dawned on me that you are a Northwestern guy. And Northwestern mm-hmm. made the tournament for the first time like ever, in, or at least in a long time this year. As as a North, Northwestern alum, how geeked out were you for, for their appearance in the big dance?
5: It was incredible. Um, and it was something that I mean, I, I could, trust me, I could give you guys an hour-long podcast on that. But the, the, the bullet points of it are that people have been waiting for this for a long time, much longer than I have. I'm young. But Bill uh, Carmody was the coach before Chris Collins. And he got there, got Northwestern to NIPs, which was unprecedented before. And he got Northwestern right on the cusp. And they hired Chris Collins, who really committed to the recruitment around the Chicago, Indiana area. Um, and produced started an inch closer. He won a couple more games every year. And a lot of people at Northwestern actually thought that the team was about two years away uh, this time last year. But, you know, he figured it out. The team was good the whole year. The team won enough games. And then the, the experience of it, you know, a lot of people, I went to Salt Lake City. Um, the Northwestern, what they call the McGill Mafia, you know, the Jay Dondes, the world, Michael Wilbon, Christian Brennan, Mike Greenberg, everyone was out there. Um, and people were saying, you know, Arizona and Gonzaga were two of the other teams in Salt Lake City, and they didn't have that many fans there, because when you're, that, when you're that group of fans, you're saving your money for the regional, you're saving your money for the Final Four in Arizona, but for Northwestern, this was the Super Bowl, this was the biggest deal, and that first game uh, obviously, Vanderbilt commits the foul, but I, I mean, it was a Northwestern home game more so than when Northwestern plays a home game in Evanston and plays Michigan and all the Michigan Chicago alumni show up. It <laughs> was actually more so, I think, a home game in Salt Lake City just because so many people care so much. And it'll never happen again. That's, uh, so it was
1: a beautiful thing. That that sounded awesome, man. Yeah, that's awesome. You <laughs> can see, hear his excitement, you man. Can, you can, he can hear sound a couple, like a five year old kid. Exactly. <laughs> you got that that first pack yeah. of cards, he's opening them, and it's yeah, <laughs> awesome. Man. That's good stuff. It'll
5: never, it'll never happen again. I mean, it really, like, the, the history that they had had never make the tournament and the first NCAA tournament being the first Final Four being in Evanston, Illinois, it, it couldn't have added up any better than that.
1: That's so awesome. That's so awesome. I'm, congratulations for getting to share that, you know, and, and being there. That's that's so great. All right, let's, let's jump back over to the draft. Uh, there's some other names in the Big Ten. How about Desmond King from Iowa?
5: So, De- Desmond King is a guy who is a ball hawk and will get interceptions. As a, uh, I believe it was his junior year, he had eight interceptions and uh, you know made a name for himself in that undefeated Iowa year They lose in the Big Ten championship game. Um, but then last year, his stats go down, not necessarily because of any fault of his own, but because people weren't throwing the ball near him. Uh, and I think that you have to understand, if you're drafting Desmond King, who's kind of a middle of the draft, sort of middle of the draft is in third and fourth round projection, fifth round, guy he'll get you interceptions, but he's not a great tackler. He's not a guy who's going to chase down the ball that much. Um, and to me, if you're a team that likes running nickel packages, likes running dime packages, get him in there, bring him in as a third down, third quarterback, um, and you have a good chance to get a pick if you have a team pinned deep. But I don't think he'll ever be a shutdown corner.
1: Okay. All right. Um, there's a lot of, this draft is cornerback heavy, it seems, and uh, there's a lot of names there. but. I was hearing uh, a local guy, uh, KT Fun Tweet, saying that um, the draft. He he thinks that he could get the same quality of quarterback cornerback uh, at in the first and second round as he could the fourth round. So it, it, there's no no really need to dig there. Let's talk about Jabril Peppers uh, because he is an interesting case. With you know he's he's been you know obviously he had a great career at Michigan. But now we have this uh, diluted sample, which is a positive in the NFL eyes going into your NFL career. So he'll enter the, his career in the, uh, in the in the substance abuse program. What do you think that does for for a guy like Peppers?
5: It's it's such an interesting scenario because right, he is going. He does have to go into the drug prevention program, but it is a diluted sample, and it becomes the he said she said. Uh, you know. He says that he was drinking a lot of water because he didn't feel well and was coming from San Diego. Um, I love Mike Freeman uh, tweeted out that an NFL executive said to, text, texted him, "Does he think we're dumb?" You know, there, if, if Jabril Peppers wasn't feeling well, why didn't he mention this actually when he was being interviewed nonstop at the combine? Um, but you have to take it for what it's worth. And the facts are the facts that there'll never be evidence unless he admits it that he had a substance in him because it's a diluted sample. It's not a quote-unquote positive sample. So then you're taking Jabril Peppers for what he is. And I was able, like you said, to watch Jabril Peppers a lot. I actually, I live in New York. The only Rutgers football game I've ever attended was Michigan's 78 to nothing win against Rutgers last year. And the thing with Jabril Peppers is he is an outstanding talent that I can't understand why Some draft boards have him dropping all the way to the second round. I think it's because, if anything, teams aren't really sure where to put him. Is he a linebacker, a safety, a cornerback? Do you even put him on offense and play him as a running back or a wide receiver? He's definitely a kick returner. I think that's the one thing, kick and punt return, people can agree on. And I don't think you should be thinking about that if you're an NFL team. I think you should be thinking he is one of the best talents on the draft board. And in terms of the just – taking a substance and did he take a substance, the unfortunate facts of the matter are a lot of guys try to do stuff just for the combine, just for those numbers. Luis Castillo, one of the greatest players in Northwestern football history who tested positive for a steroid at the combine, he said that that was because he was repairing for an injury for the combine, take his word for it, whatever, he had a decent NFL career. So I don't think it's all of a sudden a thought of, oh, his stats are inflated at Michigan because he was on a substance. I think he was an outstanding player, and I think that two other guys, you know, that have to be mentioned in this sentence are Christian McCaffrey and John Ross. This sort of new generation of NFL guys who are so dynamic and can play multiple positions, whether or not on offense or defense, and be kick returners, that I think is another, like the, like I talked about the tight end, a position that is gaining in value. So I think those three guys, um, I think they will go... Further down in the draft than they really should, just because those positions maybe aren't being as valued as much as they should.
2: Which is unfortunate because I really think if I was a drafting, I would always draft talent first and then just kind of figure out where to put them later. You know, and those guys seem like I would just take the overall best talent and then just figure it out later. It's like it's a good problem to have. You know.
1: You know, with with peppers falling, I, I don't I don't know how far he's going to fall, it, but he's he's the type of pick that I think. Tie it back in local here to the Dallas Fort Worth area is the type of player that the Cowboys would would take at twenty eight. You know why oh, yeah. not? I mean, it fits the cowboy mold, right? He's got he's got a little bit of a you know question mark on his on his. Uh, they call <laughs> it swag down on here. A, it's a swag, he's okay. A little swag. That, that that's that. Hey, let's talk about the biggest name in the draft, which is uh, Miles Garrett out of Texas A and M. Uh, people swear he's going number one, but then there's the whole Mitch Trubisky. Uh, you know, what if that happens? What Where do you think he goes? Do you think he goes one?
5: I think he goes one. I still just think he's the best player in the draft. He's the most sure thing. But even saying he's the most sure thing doesn't mean he's a sure thing. You know, there was a time, and you guys are in Texas, we all thought Mario Williams was going to be a sure thing. Sure. And that, that you know, it, it's kind of, I think it's almost, I don't want to call it a cop-out, but it's conservative selection to say, oh, you know, we'll take a defensive lineman. We know you know, it's not a skill position, but we know his skills, or we know an offensive tackle, we know what Jake Long will be. But that doesn't always end up being the case. I just think there isn't a, a good enough player to jump up, and I think that there's a little bit of a beware mentality after the last two drafts. We had two quarterbacks go 1-2 in each draft, and were they the best players in the draft? I mean, you could say Jameis Winston and Marcus Mariota were, um, but last year, definitely, like you said, a copycat league. Let's get Goff and Wentz early. Goff obviously hasn't paid his dividends yet. Wentz looked good at first, but still a question mark. So, I mean, Mitch Trubinsky, I, I, I'm we all not actually try to create comparisons. And the, I, I the guy that he slightly reminds me of is Jay Cutler when he went up draft boards about a decade ago. Um, coming from Vanderbilt, coming from a school that wasn't traditionally known as a football power, um, not a team you see on TV all the time, but just a good, fundamental quarterback. And actually, in that draft, Jay Cutler ended up being better than Matt Leiner, Vince Young. Um, But I just don't think he's... uh, First overall pick just seems like you're just been trying to take a quarterback, and why not? And and, and it's the Browns, so who knows? Right. Uh, Because right now they say Brock Osweiler, but they might turn on a dime. But I think Brock Osweiler, as expensive as he is, there might be more value in just sticking with him than trying to gamble on a guy at number one when you have something more sure like Miles Garrett. For,
1: for the life of me, it, it, it is the Browns. And I, I can't figure out why they're, not, why they're not calling about A.J. McCarron because he's, he's 26 years old. He's playing behind Dalton, who's 29. He uh, he doesn't want to be there really. He need, he wants to go and try to start. And Hugh Jackson, who who coaches the, uh, am I right there? Coaches the Browns. Yeah. Came from yeah. Cincinnati. Why not? Why not call for McCarron?
2: Makes a, makes perfect sense to me. But <laughs> but it's the Browns. Well, maybe he doesn't. Maybe
5: he doesn't think McCarron's good enough.
1: That's true. That's uh, true.
5: Remember McCarron played in that at the end of the season, but uh, two years ago now, and he really struggled in that playoff game against the Steelers.
1: Right. Of course, it's the Steelers, but, I mean, that's, that's here or here, there. So uh, what, are, what are some other names that you're looking at in the draft that maybe uh, that you're just keeping an eye on?
5: I, the guy I love, and, again, to bring in the Northwestern bias, he beat Northwestern last year uh, with Western Michigan. Corey Davis is a guy that not many people know about. I know Western Michigan had the season they had, but not many people are following the Mac Attack football. And he's been an incredibly consistent guy for four years, and it's easy to say, oh well, he did that against MAC competition. But it's also easy to say he didn't play with a skilled, you know, with skilled players. He didn't play with necessarily skilled other receivers, a skilled quarterback, and I've just an incredibly consistent guy who, you know, we've seen what a guy like Antonio Brown who comes from a smaller conference and, and succeeds, um, and and athletics who's done the job for four years, been consistent. He'll be a mid-to-late first-round pick, and I think that he'll contribute to an NFL team right away. I,
2: I think so, too. Yeah, they're looking at the
1: Cardinals. A lot of people,
2: I'm going to the Cardinals.
1: The Cardinals. So, uh, we did that boxer break a couple of weeks ago, uh-huh. and we pulled that Corey Davis. I was stoked about that. I th- you that were. Was you awesome. were way stoked. I was telling you, this dude's Megatron. This dude is Megatron, but he is, he is legit. He played a great cotton bowl against wisconsin and Mm -hmm. he just he stood out to me and i was like this guy is he's gonna be good um all right man let's let's move away from the draft let's talk about the post game tell us what the post game is uh and just where we can find it where to follow you on twitter and all that good stuff because uh, i was checking out the post game the last couple of days i love it i think it's great and i think more people should know about it
5: that is we appreciate that mentality um it is pretty simple. Thepostgame.com, t h e p o s t g a m e. That's one word. Thepostgame.com. Uh, our Twitter handle is at The Postgame. We're um, also at The Postgame, I believe, if you want to search. Yes, uh, just on Facebook. Uh, I myself am at Jeff Eisenman, J-E-F-F-E-I-S-E-N-B-A-N-D, on all forms of social media. I have my own uh, Facebook page as well. Um, so, you know, you you sign on, if you follow me, you sign on for, uh, semi New York Northwestern bias material. But other than that, I'd like to think that I remain pretty unbiased. Um, and personally, I try to, I try to spread myself amongst as many sports as possible. Um, I love to tell people that I was a, I was pretty good. I wouldn't say good. I was pretty good at every sport, but I wasn't great at everything just because my dad, uh, Got me into every sport possible, so I, I I was not like one of these guys who commits themselves to uh, to one sport from age five on.
1: Ah, I, th- which happens a lot now, but that's fine. Now I want to talk before you get out of here. I want to talk about a picture that I saw of you. I believe it's on your Facebook page, with you sitting with Steph Curry. Is that is that right? Am I?
5: <laughs> that is that is true. That was uh, that was actually in.
1: Let me get my dates
5: right. That was. July or August, July or August of 2014. Okay. So if you're doing your math right, this is um, the pitch. This was a degree event, degree deodorant as a sponsor of Stephen Curry, where he ran a clinic with sports media members, and we all got to interview him after. Uh, it was right ahead of the, the FIBA World Cup that year with Steph Curry and a, a bunch of guys. It wasn't uh, – Kevin Durant was the biggest name, I believe, on or that was uh, – that was actually the, the year that Durant pulled out after Paul George got hurt. So there weren't even a lot of big names on that team. And I'm thinking, oh, this is you know great. I get to interview a one-time All-Star, pretty fun guy in college, maybe top 15, 20 NBA player, Stephen Curry. I talked to him. I asked him some questions. You know, what is How is Steve Kerr as a coach? Uh, he was still kind of in that defending Mark Jackson um, mindset. And then a few months later, he starts – his first MVP season, the Warriors are the hottest thing in sports. And it kind of got to a year later, and I was like, holy crap. I was just shooting back with Stephen Curry. You know, It wasn't that big of a deal at the time. Um, so that's still one of my pictures, I think, on my Facebook page. It was a pretty fun time.
1: Yeah, what a great experience. It is. And I think we can all attribute Stephen Curry's success to Jeffrey. Absolutely, I mean, it, it's got to be the. It's got to be. It's got to yeah, be. It's got to be. Awesome, very cool. Hey, Jeff, we, yeah. we're up against it, man. We got to get back, uh, get back to the ground of things. But we want to thank you for joining us today. And uh, before we let you go, just tell us, er, tell everybody one more time where they can follow you on, uh, on on all social media. It's pretty easy, right?
5: You can follow me at Jeff Eisenbahn, no spaces, no underscores. Um and follow the postgame at the post game. one word, on all forms
1: of social media. Awesome. Hey, guys, you go check him out and make sure you're hanging tight. We'll be right back after this break. This is Eric Norton, co-host of Beckett Radio, and you're listening to the number one sports collecting podcast in the world, home of the Fat Packs. All right, guys, that's our interview segments for the week four. Four of them. I mm-hmm. felt like we were at the uh, the the industry summit again. yeah, it was all over the place, man. Rapid. But man, that those those guys, the draft guys, man. First, uh, Michael in the clubhouse is just doing it big out there, uh, getting to go to the uh, the player, the rookie premiere in a couple what of weeks. A cool so. job! Cool job! Cool job! Very cool. And then uh, Jeffrey Eisenman, of course, with his great breakdowns of everybody in the Big Ten that you really want to know about. Yep. Um, looking forward. Uh, Guys, go check out the post game tonight as he as he as he's there covering the draft for you guys. So uh, that's that's all going down tonight. Speaking of the draft, Paul, your Redskins on the board. You're the GM. Who are you taking? I don't know, man. Yeah, I heard.
2: yet Well, <laughs> here's the thing, man. I heard yesterday. You know, we've had this whole Kirk Cousins back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. He's saying sure. He's going. He's staying. He's going. New scenario came up last night. I saw on uh, one of the sites that. Uh, they're thinking about trading for the second pick in the draft to sit with San Francisco. Oh, okay. Sending Cousins to San Francisco, which I know we've been talked they've talked about off and on, and then uh, drafting Mitch Trubisky. So that's a game changer. That is a game changer. That would be a big trade. So That would be interesting to see how that shakes down. Man. Um, Shanahan I'll, would get his quarterback. Uh, back. Shanahan would get his quarterback back. And, and
1: then, but if the Browns take Trubisky, I mean, do you take? Miles Garrett
2: right there I don't know I don't think I think the Browns Are really set on Garrett You think so So well they would have to be For that For them to to take that shot I mean otherwise They would They would really be up a creek I mean at that point I guess you'd almost have to Draft Watson maybe And just Mm. go a little high Sure I don't know I mean you would be Out of quarterback Unless Sure Unless they're high on uh, Colt McCoy (laughs) Colt, yeah, the, yeah. Colt McCoy or Nate Sudfield Which yeah.
1: nobody on this show likes No one even knows who Nate Sudfield is no Like you does. and three other people Bob yeah. Doak knows who Nate <laughs> Sudfield is That's it <laughs> Yeah th- that's probably about it You're, <laughs> You're right Bob Doak and like his mom
4: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's oh, it man. man I don't know
1: You know uh, I don't have an NFL team So uh, I don't know who, I, who I'm going to say I guess I'll go with uh, I guess I'll go with Seattle you know, I'll, I'll take okay. the Seahawks All right. They're picking late Um there's that 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 cornerback from Washington, King, uh really supposed to be really good. He plays really long. Big, big cornerback that um that fits the mold of the Seattle secondary. You know, Cam Cam's big, Sherman's big. Uh, Thomas is actually not big. Thomas is like five ten, but, but he, he but he plays big. like a monster. Yeah. So uh King from Washington, he he, he fits that mold. Um, a little local town flair right there. A little local town flair. I, you know what? With the trade that they just made yesterday, sending Marshawn Lynch to the Raiders officially, uh, I I'm still not convinced in their backfield, you know, but I, I mean I think it's it's such a mishmash, man, it is. between Procise
2: and Alex Collins and Rawls yeah. and who's gonna be healthy and yeah, it's just a it's just a, a mix of people right It there, really is. So.
1: I think I think Joe Mixon there though would I don't know that he would get picked in the first round, Maybe. but Joe Mixon is the type of player that uh, good old the head ball coach up there loves. So ball coach, the head ball coach, he he uh, he, he loves a, he loves a player project like that. And I think in a locker room with Russell Wilson, you know, stand up guy, and that locker room is strong enough that they could take a Joe Mixon and um, make him fit in. There you go. You know, all right. That's our 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 draft predictions that are sure to be wrong, and.
2: Uh, Hey, hey, listen, the Caps made it to the second round, so we haven't totally lost yeah. our hockey pick yet, so and, we're hanging
1: on. And and the Celtics are doing things now. They're they're it's kind true. of back on track now. They are. So uh, maybe, maybe we're both right there still, too. <laughs> Hopefully. Holy Hopefully. mackerel. Hopefully. Uh, all right, let's get into a few more things before we get into this Animal Kingdom story because I love it. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, I'm
2: so scared about this story because I don't know anything about it. I and guess we, we know it. Last year, we talked a lot of mountain lions and bats. So. We did. And fish. So um, and,
1: and snakes. We stu- we talked snakes oh, earlier this year. Snakes, right. You know what? There's there's nothing really else more that we need to talk about. So let's just get into the animal kingdom story. All right, hit me. All right, Dateline, Azle, Texas.
2: How far is that from here? It's I don't about know where that is. Uh,
1: from here. It's about forty five fifty miles from the office we're sitting in. Okay. However, it is the town. Com- Directly adjacent to the town I grew up in. Okay. Okay. Hazel, Texas. Hazel High School was our high school football rival. Oh, all right. The Hazel right. Hornets. Hazel Hornets. Hazel Hornets. I, maybe i found me in yellow wow. jackets. It's, it's a flying bug. Okay. I don't. That's all I know. <laughs> all right. <laughs> the Hazel Date, Grasshoppers. <laughs> Dateline Hazel. A woman in Hazel got quite a surprise when she looked out her window recently. <laughs> It says she found a camel in her family's backyard swimming pool. <laughs>
2: in, this, in the swimming pool, a camel.
1: A camel. Now, was it one hump or two? I don't know, but it's a camel in a swimming pool, man. It's a camel. A, yes, a camel. Uh, the fact that there was a camel in the pool didn't surprise her. Dell has owned the camel for a while. Oh, okay. She okay. Said, that, now it makes a little yeah, more sense. She okay. says she was surprised because the animal doesn't get in the pool. <laughs> So she So she figures Someone left the pool gate open And wandered And it wandered over From its yard I don't know if it's like A side yard Or you know or something, It pays rent something, in the back Something like that um, Dell thinks the camel Fell in Got to the side of the pool And got too tired To get out uh, Dell tried to pull Pull him out with a rope But it didn't work Then she attempted To push him back In the water So So she could get the, So she could then Walk him back To the steps But she said he wasn't having any of it. (laughs) So she went inside to change since she figured she... She'd have to get into the pool to help him get out. And when she walked back outside, the camel finally decided to stand up and she was able to walk him out of the pool and out, out into his yard. Del says they have... This is the best part. Del says they got got a camel because her husband rode one when they were on vacation in Jamaica and decided that they had to have one for their own. They also have a kangaroo and a lemur, among many other animals. <laughs>
2: only in texas <laughs> only folks. in azel texas <laughs> wow oh man it
1: is like I, I read that story and i was like this is going directly on beckett what else that's amazing <laughs> like Ugh. wow camels are mean too I, I don't know if you've ever had any interactions with camels I, I, no not no.
2: just at the zoo and
1: you know so when i was in Ku- stuff. when i was in kuwait both times i was in kuwait uh you can ride a camel They're like you know that you right, like yeah. you know they're mean animals they spit they bite they don't want you anywhere near them Jeez. and this they've had a camel for years cuz they he, he rode one in Jamaica and thought it was cool that is ridiculous man that's kind of crazy it's it's the craziest story that i've heard um <laughs> my dad i think i told this once before but my dad was a plumber uh, out in the springtown area okay. uh, growing up and he there's a family out there called the Chadwell family they they don't run Springtown, but they pretty much run Springtown. You know, they, gave, they got all the money. They, they run the propane business out there because propane is what you need in a town like that. I got you. <laughs> so okay. uh, he said that he was he was out doing doing some uh, work on their yard, laying some uh, new new line, and he heard a growl. Like he, like, he said it was a growl that he had never heard before. Okay. And he turns around, and there's a freaking panther behind him in the cage that that he, that he was working near. And this panther was stalking him. As he was laying these new pipes. Oh, wow. <laughs> he said he had never never worked so fast in his life. I'm sure. But, but that's the kind of stuff that happens out there in, in Podunk, Texas. You have camels and kangaroos. And, and lemurs. And, and lemurs. Who and, even and,
2: knows? what I mean, um, I know what a lemur is, yeah. but who?
1: lemur is ridiculous isn't it that's kind of crazy that's ridiculous okay that's ridiculous that's that the animal kingdom story that i wanted to bring all you right. this week well, i and like that man it's it was a fun one right no snakes this time
2: no no snakes no that's snakes good. this time all no right snakes. let's
1: let's set up the show next week because it's going to be it's going to be an early one because i'm going to toronto uh yep,
2: yep, yep. we have uh there's, there's no camels in toronto i, I guarantee
1: it. no camels in in toronto you don't think i don't think so we have chris D. DePater- Patrillo coming on he is from a awesome little toy i don't don't know if the toy is right he's the chief marketing officer at figures and toys company uh he and he's a pop culture whiz kid basically they make really cool wrestling figures awesome i like wrestling you do so it's all about you lately hockey Ah, wrestling ah, camels like they have an awesome chris hero one from from ring of honor and asanji dutt and uh if you guys know what ring of honor is you should go check those out Awesome. But we haven't done a toy show, and I wanted to do a toy show, so wrestling is where we started. Well, sounds good, man. That's where we started. Uh, we have that coming up. Um, we also have a few surprises for you too. Uh, not ready to play those play those cards yet. Uh, then coming up from the Toronto show, we have a hockey super collector coming on. Nice. Uh, we have uh, Long Fly Ball co-hosting with me. Okay. Uh, we've reached out to Ken Reed of TSN, who uh, signed a copy of his book, uh, one Night Only, He wrote, that he, he wrote about players who only played one night in the NHL. That's pretty cool. Uh, we have a copy of that to give away. It's still sitting on my desk. I haven't figured a way out to give it away, but I will. We will. Um, Jamie Thomas, sports artist, is coming back on. Oh, nice. Uh, Mike James is going to be in the house. Nice. All that's going on. Uh, and then we have a f- maybe a few other surprises up our sleeves there, just trying to s- figure out scheduling and everything. Uh, as far as that show is concerned, Steve Grad will be around, so hopefully we can grab him on the mic. But there should be at least a couple of shows coming from the Toronto Sports Card Expo. Good deal, man. I will miss you. You won't miss me. No, oh, you. you won't miss me. You'll be fine here doing doing your own thing. Just maybe loving life. Like, yeah. Because <laughs> I'm not. Because like, I cause I, don't I don't have, have go- my headphones in and, and I'm making comments. Maybe or I can go eat where I want. You can Go eat where you want. You can go to Buffalo Wild Wings yeah. all you want. There you go. <sighs> <Just> chill out. <laughs> there you go. Just do that. Good stuff. Just a couple of days, but, but remember, Jake. Butt tonight, Jake. But tonight, first round. Remember that <laughs> the the upper echelon of the Beckett of the Beckett medias will be here that, that week as well. So that's true. You might want to get out. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> you might want to get out.
2: That's funny. Hey, I just want to give a quick shout out to uh, a fan of the show, Mister Brogan. He's in the hospital right now, so our thoughts and prayers are with you, my friends. Get out of there soon, man. What's wrong with get Brogan? Soon. What got, happened to uh, him? It's got some, just some, some uh, pancreatitis kind, kind of stuff going on. So
1: I have a friend. Yesterday, her birthday is today. What's up, Amy? Uh, she had her gallbladder taken out the day before her birthday. That's not anything you really want, right? No, I mean, not at all. I've never not had a gallbladder all. issue, but my wife actually said it was like the most painful thing she's ever had. And she's given birth to three children. So, yeah, that's, that's bad. That's, uh, that's, that's crazy. That's bad. Um,
2: so anyway, broken, get back on your feet, get out soon. Hopefully you can catch this podcast while you're, uh, you're chilling.
1: Yeah. While you're chilling, uh, chilling out there. Um, Eric Whitland, what's up, man? We finally did a negative story. I hope you're happy about that. Uh, yeah, we did. And we did a little negativity. A little negativity. But uh, anything else?
2: Anything else? No, nah, man. I'm good right now, man. You good I'm, right looking now? Looking forward to uh, next week's show. Looking forward yeah. to seeing what happens to you up there in Canada. In Canada. You going to say hi to Francis? Francis? Hey, yeah.
1: Francis is coming by. I can't wait to see him, too. I hope he maybe you know wants to bring me some more candy. Yeah, candy. <laughs> That's good. And,
2: and try not to eat it all before you, uh, can you bring me a bag of candy. <laughs> bring
1: back? your bag back. Yeah, bring me one back. Okay, uh, before we get out of here, just want to give a, a, a shout-out to all you guys out there in the Twitterverse who are, are following us and interacting with us, man. We're, uh, we're trying to ramp up what we're doing there. Look for, uh, the, you know, the, we've been doing the Who Won the Night polls. Th- those have been fun. Um, been Started yesterday with a player, uh, Beckett Radio Card of the Day, which was a Trey Turner, uh, Bowman, 2014 Bowman Chrome draft auto. Okay. Because it should have been because he had seven RBIs and hit for the cycle. <laughs> so, um, what else are we doing lately? Uh, today we started uh, throwback uh, Throwback Thursday and posted a picture of a nice future stars Beckett future stars. Okay, that had Reggie Bo- Reggie Brooks, Jerome Bettis, and Rick Meyer all in their Notre Dame uniforms on it. Wow, yeah, so that's taking it back, uh, your boy Reggie Brooks for the for the for the Redskins has retweeted it. Oh, nice! He's retweeted it. Nice, uh, Rick Meyer. I just looked at my phone. Rick Meyer has liked it and retweeted it. Nice. So now Jerome Bettis needs to he's do. He's gotta it. get on the bus. He's gotta get on the bus, right? Yep. All right. Uh, that's. <laughs> Dude, it. you realize how old that is? He's that's really Isn't old. Isn't Bettis? He's already
2: in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, he's already in the Hall of Fame. So that's really old. That's
1: really really. It's from. It was from December. Hold on, let me look at it. I'll tell you. I'll tell you exactly how old. I think it was from December of '93. I think that's what it was from. Let me look. Let me pull it up, and then we'll get out of here. Awesome. December of '93 is my bet.
2: Makes sense, yeah, because '90 they were all rookies in '93.
1: December issue, uh, December '93 issue of Beckett Future Stars featuring Brooks Bettis and signed by Rick Meyer on the front. Very cool. That's really cool. Rick Meyer is now a wine connoisseur, so oh, uh, very nice. Go check him out, man. Uh, we have about the same amount of followers, so he needs some followers in his life. Uh, Do that for us And then uh, John Finkel What's up John Down the hall from us Says that he wants to come on The Beckett Radio again And talk about his Eighth grade poem That he wrote about Razor Shine From his 86 tops Alright There you go man Hey I love an Expos poem Yeah (laughs) Alright guys uh, We're getting out of here this week It's a loaded show Hope you enjoy it Until next week Just keep Listening Cue the Drake